So we got some more massive news from the college football world and from the Big Ten specifically, but way more overarching and more impacting than just the conference. So we're going to get into all that breaking news. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. If you prefer to listen to this show instead of watching it, you can click in the description. Go find the Spotify and the Apple podcast version to listen to for your favorite podcast. And again, follow me on Twitter at DonnieMac98. Follow the show at Big Ten Takeover on Twitter. So it was confirmed yesterday that Oregon and Washington joining the Big Ten Conference beginning in 2024. And the Big Ten, now the Big 18, uh, has had major shifts in realignment over the past, you could say, year, year and a half almost, um, with the other additions of USC and UCLA from the Pac-12. And, and it's really just another massive sign, right, uh, albeit uh, you know, uh, one that has kind of been looming already of the ever-changing world of college football, right? First of all, credit to Oregon and Washington. If you're listening, if you're an Oregon or Washington fan, credit to you and your schools for getting out while the giving was good, right? Because it's not always going to be like this, and it's going to stop being like this. We can still get into those lucrative TV deals. We can still have a giant piece of the pie, which I expect Oregon and Washington to have. It's not going to be like that forever, and it's going to change here soon where other schools that want to jump on board, like a cow maybe to the Big Ten, or, you know, someone lower tier in the ACC going to the SEC, it's not going to be as good uh, for them when they try to go to that conference. But let's put it right here, right now. The traditional world of college football is over and done with. It, it's ended. It was killed off. I'm not sure the exact date when it happened. It wasn't yesterday. It wasn't Oregon Washington joined in. But it, it, it happened a little while ago. But it's dead. It's gone. The new world of college football is in the early stages of its next phase, Right a true business, more professional league type than a style of what it's been of collegiate amateur athletics uh, in the past, right? And and you can have your positives, you can have your negatives that I'm not going to get into all of that necessarily. I have my own opinions. I'm sure you do as well. But we can talk about the SEC and, and the way other conferences shifted, but I'll stick with the Big Ten and the impact this has for them because, one, this is the Big Ten show. But two, it's very similar in overarching themes for what's happening in the Big Ten and the impact of that as it is for the SEC as they're as they're collecting more and more teams and as other conferences start to fade away. But in a college football world now where players are more free, right, than they ever have been with the transfer portal, with NIL specifically, they're going to become more and more like a true celebrity than we've ever seen. Yes, obviously, Reggie Bush and, and others in the past, even more recently, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, right? they were already celebrities, but more so in terms of all the money that's going into these sports now, all of the things going on with now there being two Super Leagues, essentially what that is now, 2024 at least, 2024 and beyond, and how those le Super Leagues in the Big Ten I see are only going to grow more, right? But the Big Ten specifically. It's just going to feel more and more like a professional league with these players now having the ability to take brand deals from from various businesses or people um, in more legal ways now than it was in the past. And so it's only this addition of Oregon Washington has only added to that. And 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 really, it, it all boils down to the money, right? It boils down to the money coming into these schools, coming into the boosters that can pay the players a little more now that come into the businesses in the area with the added revenue from, you know, more fans coming there, more people traveling, and you name it. There's a lot of different factors to it. But the money is the big thing that is, is helping shift this, right? Shift it from the two Super Leagues, shift it 
for these players now that are going to be more like professional athletes, right? Some of them basically already were professional athletes because they were that good, but now it's going to be they're that good. And they have all this celebrity name recognition power to it because of all this. If you just look at the Big Ten, they're stacked with money coming up here in the near future, right? They have deals with NBC, CBS, Fox Sports, and I'm sure more to come, right? But if you look at what the Big Ten owns in terms of TV markets, right? The money markets in the country. The Big Ten owns the number one, number two, three, four, eight, 12, 14, 15, 19, 22, 25, 26, 28, and 32 TV markets in the entire country. That's ridiculous. If they add teams like a Georgia Tech, like a Virginia, like a North Carolina, a Stanford, a Cal, which I personally expect them to, or at least some combination of them, I don't think you're going to swing big and get a Clemson or Florida State um, Notre Dame is another story, but those teams that I listed right there, if they added those teams or some of them, let's just say they added all of them for argument's sake, they would then own the number six, 10, 21, and 23 ranked TV markets in the entire country. It, it's an all out arms race right now between the Big Ten and the SEC. That's really what it is. And it began, this arms race, this war began the moment that Texas and Oklahoma decided to join the SEC. I'm sure it was already kind of there before. There were already submarines off the coast, right? Just like in the Cold War, submarines off the coast. But someone pressed that button, and when they pressed that button, Texas and Oklahoma jumped ship to the SEC, and that was first strike. And then USC and UCLA came in, right? It's an arms race with money, and currently the Big Ten is winning it. The Big Ten is currently winning the arms race with money. Why? Because they have the East Coast. They own the East Coast. Not all the way was you get kind of down south with the Carolinas or everything like that, but they own the East Coast. They own the New York, the New Jersey markets. They own the Midwest market. They've got Chicago, Indianapolis, Illinois, Detroit, uh, you know, anywhere you could think of really in the Midwest. Yes, I know Notre Dame is there and they have their own little bubble in there, but it's still the Big Ten overwhelmingly is just surrounding the Midwest. And now they own the East Coast or the West Coast, excuse me. They have USC. They have UCLA. USC brings their own own power when it comes to football. UCLA also brings power and money when it comes to football. But even so, just the athletics program impact that UCLA has with basketball, right? We, sometimes we forget just it's not just about college football. There's college basketball involved here, folks. I mean, college, college football and college basketball are the two highest revenue sports in any university you're going to find. Maybe there's a one-off depending on how good – you know, a, a uh, lacrosse program is or how good, um, you know, uh, softball is or baseball or, or women's soccer or men's soccer, you name it, right? But majority, 99.9% of the time, it's men's basketball and football that brings in the most money to these schools. And the Big Ten is just dominating in this right now. The SEC is obviously making their own, and I accept, expect them to add more, right, and have more markets, to have more um, overarching reach. I think you see them dip down into Texas at some point. I see them dip down back into the state of Florida even more so, right? But it's an arms race with those top tier programs for money. Excuse me, with those two conferences for money and for an aspect of who owns just the top tiers, top tier teams in college football, both now and historically, right? There is power to owning a blue blood program and to having that program be a part of your conference, even when Nebraska was, was bad is bad, right? Them being joining the big 10 a few years back added so much power and so much of a stronghold to the conference because Nebraska is a blue blood program. And if you just look 
at the SEC first. They have Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Texas, Oklahoma, all teams, least Alabama, Texas, Oklahoma, um, that are historical blue bloods. There's no doubt about that. But then you have Georgia and LSU, which are modern day blue bloods at this point. And you have Tennessee, who is a historically uh, elite program, who is back in, you know, rising back as we see. Maybe they stick with it, maybe they don't. And then you look at the Big Ten, who has Ohio State, Michigan, USC, who are three historically blue blood programs and top tier programs at the moment. I know USC fell off a little bit, but currently they're a top tier program. You have Penn State, who is a top-tier program, historically a great program. Oregon, who is right now modern-day a top-tier program. They've been to a national championship, been to a playoff game. They have Heisman Trophy winners. They've been ranked, you know, all this stuff. And then you have Wisconsin, who has been a Big Ten champion, who has that name-brand recognition. Washington right now, who has, you know, been to a playoff. They didn't do too well there. But modern-day has been a really, really good football program. So you you can be the judge of who's winning that piece of the arms race, that war. The money right now, the revenue right now, and, and that whole get that whole, that whole game and that side to it, I think the Big Ten is winning. But when it comes to the the arms race on the other side, where it's the top tier teams and the top tier programs and blue bloods, you can be the judge of, of of who's winning that piece of the war. And in the end, I think people forget about this. In the end, with the playoff expanding, the overall impact of this realignment and an Oregon and Washington joining the Big Ten. It's not that it's going to necessarily fade away, but it will die down with time. The flame of it, the excitement of it will die down with time, right? The idea of, oh, Oregon playing Penn State in November, that'll be cool for like a year. And it'll be cool to see. And it'll be cool to have those big time matchups and, you know, or Penn State versus USC or or Michigan versus UCLA, you name it, right? But Let's just give this scenario with the playoff expanding here soon. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if it expands even more in the future. Let's give this scenario, right? Oregon joins the Big Ten. Let's say they beat Ohio State, who also loses to Michigan. Um, and Michigan, who wins the Big Ten championship. You end the season like this. And you say, okay, Michigan finishes 13-0, and Big Ten champions. They're in the playoffs. Done. And this is more of the 12-team format. Ohio State finished season 10-2. and Oregon finished season 11 and two. Let's say they they lose to Michigan um, and they also lose to, you know, uh, a Penn State in there or uh, or Wisconsin, who's a top top ranked at that point or Washington, whoever. And then Penn State also finishes 11 and one. Let's say they lose to Ohio State and they don't go to the Big Ten championship game. It doesn't matter anymore. Like it doesn't matter that there's two lost teams anymore. It doesn't matter that you have a bunch of closely ranked teams that beat this team and beat that team. One's a champion, one's not, but one's 11 and one. One has a great offense. One has a great defense. They're ranked number seven. It doesn't matter anymore playoff wise, because all of those teams are going to make it anyway. There is no more, you know, thought process. In my opinion, there is not going to be a thought process anymore of, Oh, in this new expanded playoff, the power five conferences get to be in, you know, have an automatic bid for their champions. No, there is no more power five. There isn't the PAC 12 is dead. The Pac-12 is so far underground dead that you can't even – there's no remnants of them being there anymore. That's that's what it's come down to. The Big 12 is dead. They can add whoever they want. They can do whatever they want. It doesn't matter anymore, right? The, you're not getting any more of these top-tier programs into your conference. You already lost your two, right? Clemson, Florida State, Notre Dame aren't coming to the Big 12. They're going somewhere else. You're dead. You're gone. The ACC cannot survive on its own in this current state, and you're probably going to lose, in my opinion, Clemson and Florida State – to the SEC, and you're those that'll be a whole other discussion because it will 
not not just match, but it will overshadow the additions of Oregon and Washington. Clemson and Florida State is a far bigger addition than Oregon and Washington. And then you have another debate of who's winning this arms race. And so it's like who else out there won't be in the SEC, who won't be in the SEC or Big Ten make the playoffs, right? Who outside of those two kingdoms is the committee going to care about? Who outside of those two kingdoms are the networks going to care about? And frankly, who outside of those two kingdoms, those two conferences, are the fans going to care about? Yes, I know the schools will be there. I get it. I know that Arizona State's going to be wherever, right? If Arizona State has a good year and is 10-2, and two, I, 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 and they're, they finish the season ranked 11, right? And the committee comes down and says, hey, we got a, we got one last team to pick, you know, automatic, you know, uh, uh, outside bid. Who are we picking? Well, they're not going to pick Arizona State. The networks aren't going to show Arizona State. Uh, their kickoff times are going to be at 10 p.m. every Saturday, even in their top-ranked games. You're not going to see the care, the passion. You will see it from the fans. You're not going to see it from these overarching um, systems, right? These bureaucracies that actually have an impact and move the needle when it comes to programs and teams getting more TV time, getting more recognition, getting more this, this, and that, right? You're going to see Heisman Trophy winners really only come from those two conferences. And it's not just because those two conferences are going to have the best players. It's because they're going to get all the spotlight. That's what people are going to see outside of those cities and those college towns and those local reporters. You're not going to see Colorado and Colorado is maybe not the best example with Deion Sanders, but you're not going to see Arizona state go play Cal. It's not going to happen. You're not going to watch it happen because it won't be out there to see. And so, uh, and the other piece to it too, right? The only team outside of these two kingdoms at the moment that people would care about is Notre Dame. Quite frankly, Notre Dame is going to have to cave to one of these conferences. In my opinion, if the ACC got them, that's one way the ACC can stay afloat for a little bit. It's one way they could, you know, maybe snag a Stanford, a TCU, maybe, and snag a Notre Dame. Then we're then we're talking a little bit, right? Then you've got some historically great programs, some top tier programs in Clemson, Florida State, the, the U, right? You got some potential there. I just don't see it happening. I think the I think Notre Dame caves to the Big Ten eventually. But really, I mean, the the era of super conferences has been among has been upon us for a little while but if anything this addition of Oregon and Washington is just accelerating things you're going to see more and more teams jumping ship from their conference you're going to see more and more conferences tweeting out their their typical little graphic that they made saying you know we're really disappointed by this result but the the Pac-12 is fully committed to uh, you know keeping the tradition of the conference for the benefit of its student athletes and fans and communities Congratulations. You and your six teams, you and your four teams can go do that, right? You can tweet out another message here in a year when all those teams have jumped ship to the Big 12 and then to the Big 10 and then to the SEC. And you can say, you know, we're super disappointed that the Pac-12 has done this, but we're committed to remembering the legacy of the conference as it was. Okay, great. Right. It means nothing anymore. There are super conferences here. Everyone better buckle up. Enjoy the ride as much as you can because it's going to be a wild one. Uh, again, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the show on YouTube, the Takeover Sports Network. Follow me on Twitter at DonnieMac98. Follow the show at Big Ten Takeover. Let me know in the comments what you think. Who's the next team that's going to jump ship and go to either the Big Ten or the SEC? Give me your prediction and let me know what you think in the comments. For the network and for the show, I'm Donovan White, and I will see you all next time.